From lifestyle, fitness, beauty, travel, relationships, and self-care, Steph's got you covered. Welcome to your safe space, where you can stop what you're doing, relax, and let someone else do the heavy lifting for once. This is the Luxury Dropout Podcast with your host, Stephanie Joplin. Hey, fellow dropouts, it's Stephanie Joplin here today with my best friend in the whole world. Although we don't really like to claim each other like that. (laughs) This is Christy Mack. I don't say I know her at all. (laughs) So for our audience, obviously, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that are familiar with you, not only because of your notoriety, but because you are my best friend. So people that have been following me for a while probably know who you are. The entire nine years from day one. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The fact that, you know, we go on vacations together. You're like basically a part of my family, like the third sister, as my mom likes to say. For those of you who don't know, Christy Mack has been in the leadership of the sex work industry for several years, and she built her brand so that it was long lasting and would give her longevity in her chosen career path. It wasn't just one of those things that she just dabbled in it when she was younger just to make a buck and got out. She was tactful and planned all of her moves chess from the beginning, I like to say. And to me, that's why she's been successful for so many years. So what I'd like to talk about today is first of all, Christy, can you give us a background about how you got into sex work and what you did, how the beginning part of that was like for you. Absolutely. So I started doing sex work when I was 19 years old. Back home in Indiana, I woke up one day and I hadn't even watched porn before, really. And I was like, you know what? This sounds fun. (laughs) That sounds like something that I want to do. So a young girl from the middle of nowhere, I flew to Florida, found an agent online, flew to Florida, filmed three scenes in my first week, was told that I probably wouldn't get that much work because I had a mohawk and tattoos. It was very different for the time. You have to think a decade ago, nobody looked like me. Nobody was that, I don't know, alternative, Right, as you could say. It was just a totally out of left field. Everyone liked the bleach blonde hair, the big boobs, the straight body, just the very girl next door, also with a little bit of slut thrown in there. And I was just completely different for the time. Absolutely. So I was prepared to, you know, stack some money for a month, see how much work I could get, see how long I could make it last. And after my first week, I became number one on several sites. It was just what the market was calling for. And I found my niche. Did that surprise you? Absolutely, because I was told I can't, I can't, I can't. And I decided I was gonna do it anyway. And so did it surprise the people that you were working for as well? Like, were they surprised? Absolutely. And even after I became number one, I was told that this wouldn't last very long. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to shoot my several scenes, get that little bit of money, and then the market was gonna dry up. That's it, that's all the further I could work. And I wasn't happy with that answer. Right. And I wasn't happy with the management team telling me to put extensions in the side of my head Mm. and telling me not to get any more tattoos because that's who I was. That's who I wanted to be. That's what I wanted to look like. So I didn't listen to it. And I just kept going with all of it. I kept going with the sex work. I kept going with, you know, my hair, how I wanted to be, with more tattoos, experimenting with uh, plastic surgeries, just kind of doing what I wanted to do and expressing myself how I felt 
I need to. It's almost like a musical artist who gets told what kind of music to <laughs> sing, right? Absolutely. Same thing, really. Absolutely. But you told me that, so when you do a sex scene, you get paid for the sex scene, but then you don't get paid like royalties. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Unless you are working for yourself, uh-huh. if you're doing a scene for another company, you get paid one flat fee, and it can range anywhere from a few hundred dollars to a few thousand dollars, mm-hmm. depending on what kind of scene you're performing and who you're performing with. and. Okay. What kind of contract you're under. But you do not get paid the royalties unless it is for your own website or, Mm. you know, you've set something up for yourself. Okay. Can that ever be negotiated? No. With most companies, no. Most companies, it's that's your flat fee because what they do is they own that content now and they will sell it out. In the time of DVDs, they would sell it out to different companies to make the compilation videos. Like, there's still new videos coming out now with my scenes from 10 years ago. Right. And marketing it as new. New. Mm. Because it is a new compilation with the several other Correct. videos. Okay. So I don't own that content. Never have, never will. I sold my rights to that. Okay. So let's talk to, you know, obviously over the pandemic, there was an influx of these beautiful women wanting to express themselves and also hustle and make some money to bring into their you know, into their income, into their household, doing OnlyFans mm. and other websites that are similar. So you know, my question is really twofold. What kind of advice would you give to the girls who really want to go into the actual, you know, like porn industry? Like, would you recommend, for example, getting a manager, representing yourself? Would you recommend doing research before you go into it? What are the things, like, who are the people you need to approach? And then the second half of the question would be like, if you're going the OnlyFans route, what kind of advice would you give to those women? Well, there are a lot of questions within that. It really depends on what area of sex work you choose to go into. If you want to do video work, it depends on if you want to be a porn star, quote unquote, that is well known and marketed from a different company that can give you that kind of, I don't know, build your market for you. Or if you want to be an independent creator and control 100% of your funds. So there are a great many options. And the great thing about OnlyFans is it kind of allows you to be anonymous and sell only what you're comfortable with and do only what you're comfortable with and build your own base how you want it. And you can market with other women that are similar to you and build off each other's fan bases. And I think that's wonderful. I think that's kind of how the future of the industry is going to go like I think that's exactly where it's going to go I think the DVD companies and the large companies are going to start dying out and I don't think there is as as much of a need for a marketing manager or a manager at all at this point while I'm sure there are always going to be the big name porn stars that the large companies do find online like from OnlyFans or from Instagram or from Twitter right there will always be a few of those I'm sure but I think the OnlyFans and the personal sites are really the way to go. Okay. So I, I think the DVD so, companies and the management companies and the large porn companies are going to become more obsolete. Right. So what about, you know, the online sites like Pornhub, for example? How, like, say, how does one get onto a platform like that? And what are the workings of that? Pornhub is a very polarizing site for a lot of people and okay. for a lot of reasons. It has become the scapegoat for anti-sex trafficking and anti-sex work Mm. because they think that people are selling underage girls 
through that website or they think oh. that they're putting revenge porn on there and they're not moderating it enough, okay. which I think that does happen. 100% it does happen, okay. but very seldomly. And it is a website just like any other that allows users to post whatever content they want. And it is going to be very difficult for them to moderate it. While they have really cracked down to where you have to have your own username and verification yeah. to be able to post that content now. Um, and I think that has helped a great amount and really shut down a lot of the anti-Pornhub people. But it does have a lot of other problems, like for the porn stars of the past, like myself, they would rip content from our independent sites or yeah. from the companies, but it wasn't actually them doing it. it right. Sometimes it was the companies themselves putting it on Pornhub to make Pornhub work for them okay. because there would be people that would buy the DVDs and buy you know, the content, download it on their own computer, and upload it on there. Okay. So they would be the ones making money. So the company saw that, and they were like, okay, we've got to start doing this before they can do it. I see. So the company started doing it, and now it's down to the girls. Uh, us posting it. People will take our things from OnlyFans. So mm. now we have to be the ones that take it from our OnlyFans, put it on Pornhub, right. either monetize it or link it to our own sites. So oh, there's wow. a, a direct evolution of how things have gone for sites like Pornhub. It's actually a lot of work. It really is. And then you have to be sure that other people aren't doing the same thing with your own content. So you okay. have to search through it and make sure that Can you're the only one. Flag it? If, yes. Okay. Yes. They get to it fairly quickly, but it's still, it could have thousands of views wow. or, you know, sometimes millions of views on things that you're not getting paid on. Yeah. So really, if you're just getting into the sex industry now and you want to go and be quote unquote porn star, that term I know is loose, but mm -hmm. you would suggest monetizing it yourself, being in charge of it yourself and not going to someone and saying, you know, here, place me in this, you know, in this video here or this, you know, scene here or just doing it yourself, like being in control of it yourself. Absolutely. I think it's okay. worth it unless you know one of the major right. porn stars already and you can be like, well, you do a video with me. And right. even then you can still be in charge for your own content. Right. And not be contracted through one of the large companies. It's not worth it if you mm -hmm. plan to make it a money game rather than I want a notoriety I don't want notoriety game. Right. Because a lot of people are in it just to That's what I was just gonna ask. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people are in it to find fame. Which is a weird way to go about it. But <laughs> if that's what you want to do, by all means. Well they always say sex sells, right? Like it that's does. that's the term. It always so, has and it always will. Yes, always. And that I guess some women do think that in order to get famous that's their only ticket mm -hmm. in. But it's not. It's not their only ticket in, but I guess it's the quickest way, right? Yes, but there's still no guarantee that you will be famous. There's still right. no guarantee that you will make money. So you have to think about longevity. Is this something that I want to put online to last forever? forever. Because it will never come down. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Once you put it out there, that's not something you can take you back. You can't pull a Khloe Kardashian. Oh God. Uh... If only we could. <laughs> I'm not saying I would, because there would be yeah. a lot. Right. But one bikini picture. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> one bikini. I know she looked amazing. <laughs> so really, what I want, you know, those out there to know is that, you know, when you get into sex work, you know, I don't want you to go out there with the idea that you're going to make 10 grand 
and then hop off again. You know, if that's your goal, just like you need to make 10 G's and that's all cool. Like that's fine. But if you want to actually build a career or build financial wealth and security, I wanted Christy to come on and talk a little bit about that because she quit the industry, I want to say about seven years ago. And you would never know that. People still think she's in the industry actively today. And you do have your OnlyFans, but you're not active in the porn industry like you were before, you know, doing the AVNs and doing all of the publicity and all that. So, and I got to say this, the other day we were in DC and this guy was in a van, like quite far away, like in the other side of the street, Mm -hmm. the other side of the street. And he like yells out the window and he's like, you're a porn star. And we're just sitting there like the eyes on some people. How? Does he have 2015 vision? I'm like, you're accurate. Yeah. But wow. Like I'm impressed. (laughs) She is this. So she's still so recognizable. I mean, people will be sitting at dinner and a lot of the time it's women. There's one guy in DC that actually came up to us who was super sweet and he was like on very the phone sweet. with his wife on speakerphone. They're very respectful to her, which I really love. And I think mm-hmm. that she has been in charge of that herself because she's really put it out there like that she does not tolerate disrespect or like tomfoolery of any kind. I will not Um, be touched. You will not speak to me a certain way. Yeah, like she will fuck you up. Like I honestly really respect that about her. I've been very defensive of her over the years. Like if anyone tries to come up and touch her, like when she was living in Vegas, like I literally would turn into the Hulk. And I was like, (laughs) get off my friend. Don't touch. Like, it was, like, really dramatic. But It still is. Yeah. And she's also very, like, small and cute and little. So I don't want anyone touching her. (laughs) Hurts my feelings. So building the longevity and continuing her success and keeping her wealth intact has been something that I really admire. Because you can work a corporate job, right, for 15 years and still not have a savings account and still not have $20,000 in the bank to even retire on, and which means you're basically broke again by the time you're 70 years old. Absolutely. So let's give some advice to, you know, aspirational sex workers that really want to build that longevity and not necessarily want to work till they're 50 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, like what did you do to ensure your success? There are quite a few things. A lot of people see the money that they're getting and they think, I've never had this before. I can keep this going for a long time. And it feels permanent. It has a feeling of permanence, but it's not. It can stop at any time. Your money flow can stop at any time. So it's important to start saving immediately. And once you build a decent savings and you get more comfortable, start investing and kind of build your portfolio, see where you want to go. And definitely pay your taxes. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people think that... Especially with OnlyFans. Yes. A lot of people think that it's a cash game. It is absolutely not. You will see very little cash in sex work unless you are a dancer or escort. Mm-hmm. Those are really the only times that you will see cash. So other than that, the IRS is... They're getting your number. <laughs> so you have to remember to pay your taxes. Keep track of everything. Find a good accountant. That is very valuable. They will teach you lifelong lessons, even if, you know, you're not going to stay in this industry forever. They will tell you how to keep track of your money, where to put it, what to do with it, how to make your money work for you. Because again, this is not a permanent industry for anyone, whether it lasts five months, five years, or however long you choose to stay. It will not be forever. 
So the money, the cash flow will not be forever. Plan for that. Plan what you're going to do after sex work, whether you want to build your brand and then start marketing yourself in a different way. I built my brand, started selling products while I was still in the industry, quit very shortly after. I was only in the industry for, or shooting for main companies for maybe a year and a half. It was not a very long time. Yeah, I was gonna say it was only about almost two years. Yeah, it? yeah. I started selling products and merchandise while I was still in the industry, quit very shortly after that and didn't tell anyone. <laughs> I never told anyone that I stopped shooting. That's why people think she still is. <laughs> yeah, every once in a while, I started letting people know in Instagram comments years yeah. later that like, I haven't shot since, I don't know, three years ago at the time, four years ago at the time. Yeah. And people were still so, they're still so confused. They're still very confused. Yeah. When are you gonna shoot for browsers next? When are you gonna shoot for this next? It's been a decade, man. Yeah. I'm not. They're just confused at how sexy you still are, maybe. And all the time people are like, you look so different. Yeah. I mean. I'm 30. I was, what are you, I'm not gonna look like I'm 19 forever. It's not gonna happen. It's impossible. I really, I've got my Botox look. Yeah, I know, same. That's the only thing. I really wish I could pull up your skater boy photo at this point in time. She has this like, I think it's a photo from MySpace that her brother sent me. It legit looks like Avril Lavigne. So I uh, went through a phase. <laughs> Everyone goes through phases. In high school, I was Christy Death. Christy Death? D-E-T-H. Oh my God, I don't even know this. You can still find it. You can still search it on Google or MySpace or whatever. And you can see photos of me like- I'm dead. In the shower, cause that was my white background. Like my face against it all dramatic. All of my makeup and my hair was just no. all kinds of fucked. No. And just like, just sad, sad yeah. selfie. I love like it. it was bad. It was bad, and that kind of set me up for who I was after that with yeah. the mohawk and everything. I never really, really changed. <laughs> She's still in there. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, there are still photos out there of that, and people will try and like bring those up or bring up photos from before I had my nose job or like before I had my boob job, and like I should be embarrassed of that. No, honey, I was still cute as heck. I mean. <laughs> Let's just say you, one of the nose jobs was something you didn't choose. Yeah, that wasn't my choice, yeah. You know, just saying. But I like this nose anyway. Just like some subtle shade. <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything else about it, but that was my subtle shade. It's still a cute nose, I like It's really cute, are you joking? Thank I love you. it. I think you're more beautiful today than when I met you. I would agree with that actually. Yeah. Like, I'm being legit. Thank you, yeah. thank you. But I would definitely agree with that. I know how to take care of my skin better yeah. now. Because yeah. when you met me, I wouldn't even moisturize. No. I would just be like. And she wouldn't mm -hmm. eat for, like she wouldn't eat properly, like in terms of, like she would just eat whenever, at whatever times. Yeah. And like now she and I both actually, I mean, we're so much better with, you know, we still indulge, we still have dessert, oh, we absolutely. still eat pasta and whatever, but we know like what and when to put into our bodies. Like I eat mostly for sustenance right. now instead of pleasure. Yeah. Right. Even though I still, you know, still I'm do. still very happy, yes. but now I can season chicken and rather than eating yes. a hamburger and from McDonald's. It. Yes, yes, I cook for myself. Well, yeah. I live in a place where I must cook for myself yes. almost all of the time. There's very little opportunity to go other places. But your lifestyle is completely different. I feel like 
you just live day to day back then. Yeah. And now you live for a particular future. Mm-hmm. And I think that is an important message to send to young women because you have to remember that it's not about just tomorrow. It's about looking ahead. And I know that we're always taught like, don't look too far ahead. You'll stress yourself out. But I think it's so important to, you know, I'm not saying you have to write out a five-year plan. I'm just saying like, think about how your actions are going to affect you 10 years from now. Absolutely. You know, and especially going into sex work, that is something that you have to think about. Because as I said before, that is something that is forever. Yes. Whether you want it to be or not, it is. Once you put yourself and your body on the internet, it is there for good. So think about how this will impact your future. Let's say you want to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. Don't do mainstream porn. You can do OnlyFans if you're not going to show your face and you don't have any identifiable tattoos. Mm -hmm. That's fine. I support that 100%. But you have to think not everyone is going to be as open-minded as you hope they are. It's never going to happen. Yeah, it's never going to happen. It's funny because to me, Americans are the most Mm sex-crazed people in the world and the most conservative at the same time. I would agree with that. I Isn't that, that wild? Like the dichotomy. Like you go to Italy and there's boobs on TV, like on a commercial. Mm-hmm. No big deal. Yeah. No big deal. But then here, it's like if there were boobs on TV, there would be like an uprising. Absolutely. I mean, but but there's OnlyFans. I mean, it just doesn't. It's just strange. Yeah, I agree with that. How we shame the sex workers that we yes. also indulge in. I it's, can't stand it. Again, it's the dichotomy of the sexualized America. I can't and stand it. I agree, but you can't force people to see things the way that you do. Like now I, where I live in a place that's very, I don't know. It's more conservative. More conservative, very conservative. And I do feel prejudged quite a bit. But once somebody gets to know me and and myself, it's just, you know, I'm totally fine. Nobody's going to speak badly about me for the most part. I do rub people the wrong way sometimes. Everyone does. You can't love everyone. If anyone says something very like judgmental, you will be the first to say something. Like you'll speak up. Even if you don't even know the person, you'll Mm -hmm. say something. And that's fine. I think that you should. But I find that, you know, even introducing you to my other friends, immediately once they met you, oh my God, I love Chrissy. Now I can see why you guys are best friends. Like I totally Mm -hmm. get it. And, you know, I think people do prejudge. Like they're like, see the tattoos. They see what you've done in the Mm -hmm. past. And they're like, oh, she's this certain way. Well, you're not. Like you're just completely the opposite of what that is. But even if you choose (laughs) to indulge in that sex worker personality and persona, and that's just who you are and you're a bit and you love it good for you yeah I love that that's fantastic and like that is some people and like I love that that's a shtick yeah but for me it's just a I'm just kind of like a wholesome down-to-earth like I don't even know how to tell people about myself describe myself (laughs) because right (laughs) I just in me trend that was like just tell everyone your accountant because no one asks (laughs) like any other questions like I have a full-time job as an accountant and Mm -hmm. like just it's a conversation killer It really is. Yeah. So just they don't ask questions. (laughs) So how did you choose after after you were done with filming? How did you choose how you wanted to brand yourself and market yourself after that to continue your revenue stream? It was really difficult, actually, how I was going to figure out what I would do next in my progression as a sex worker or just an individual. I was selling products online. Well, I still am at themacmarket.com. 
I am still selling those products and that sustained me for quite a while. But you were also working behind the scenes of that. Absolutely. 100%. Mm -hmm. And now as my progression went, I did porn. I was a sex worker. Then I was just peddling products that were about my brand because I was peddling the products. I was selling my own magazines that I had been on covers of. Absolutely. I was selling hats with my name on them. I was selling t-shirts. That inked magazine with the, was it with the lollipop? Oh, there was one with the ice cream and then the one with my snakes. So it was like. I remember you texted me on the day of that shoot and you're like, I'm covered in sticky mess. Because you had the it ice was cream gross. all over Yeah. You. There was ice cream. There were watermelons. I had, <laughs> I don't know. I was just covered in food. And yeah. I don't know why they chose it. And it's, it was well, just. Food is fe- like a fetish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They just covered me in food all day. It was like a solid 12 hours of me just. I love those pictures. Just eating. <laughs> just yeah. eating sweets all day. And the camp out was, oh my God, I love that. Oh, uh, I did so two of them actually. Yeah. Very, yeah. very cute shoots. So cute. So, yeah, I would just sell magazines and hats and t-shirts, posters, everything with just my brand, my face, my mm-hmm. name. My name is very powerful. Just one syllable. Yep. Mac. Mac. That's it. And that's how I branded it. Christina. People like to tell her what her name is. They'll go on uh, my Instagram, leave a comment. I love you, Christina. It's not even my name. It's not my name. It's not on my birth certificate. One guy argued with me. We went to high school together. He's like, I remember when you were Christina McInday. And I'm like, well, I've never been Christina McInday. He's like, no, I have proof. It's in my yearbook. And I'm like... Go look at it, please, because that's not my name. Should we call your mom right now and see? Call my mother. Yeah. Ma'am. Ma'am. What's my real name? Mom, what'd you name me? She'd be like, what the fuck do you... Why are you calling me? (laughs) (laughs) Christina. Christina. But that was very smart, though. And, you know, like, you... I mean, Mac and Day, obviously, like, you think about it now, it makes sense. But coming up with Mac, like, right away, did you think about it? Or was it something that came over time? It's just something that when I was younger and I was working at Nike with my brother, they would just call us the Macs because it was a shortened version of our name and easy because you won't just be like Mac and Days. Yeah. No, it's just the Macs. Because her brother also goes by that same moniker. So it was just easier to lump us in that way and we both just kept it. We both just kept the name Mac. And I figured going into the industry, like, if you see me, you're going to know it's me. Mm -hmm. I'm easily identifiable, always have been. So why not just keep my name? Why not just keep it short? Just keep it. So I did. Naming yourself like Narwhal or (laughs) I don't know. Like, Like they come up with, I I think. Narwhal. I haven't heard the Narwhal before. Well, there was this this stripper that was on TikTok and her name was Sativa. And I was like, she Mm -hmm. must really like weed. And so I thought like Narwhal, like a mystical creature, unicorn. So it's a good thing you're not going to be a sex worker. It's really good because I'm. (laughs) Narwhal. Can you imagine? (laughs) Onlyfans.com slash Narwhal. (laughs) Okay, going back to how you marketed yourself after you exited the porn industry. So we know that you merchandised yourself. We know that you put your name out there. You know, we know that you put your face and your name on everything. Mm -hmm. Now you did also dance. So tell us a little bit about how that came to pass and how you kept that going. So about, I think it was probably four years after I stopped doing porn, I started to dance. A lot of girls would feature dance 
while they were doing porn and then escort on their tours. Can I, you explain what feature dance means? Absolutely. So feature dancing, a club will contact you and offer you a spot on a weekend to promote you and your fans to come out. So you'll dance sometimes Thursday through Sunday or just a Friday, Saturday, and you'll do one or two stage shows a night. Your fans will come, tip you. You can do private dances. You can sell your merchandise. You can do whatever you want, basically. Yes, meet and greets. You can sell pictures, do whatever you want. I did mine a little differently because a lot of girls would just show up, feature, wherever, just kind of plan it spur of the moment. I planned about a year in advance a whole tour. Yep. Had t-shirts made with my tour dates and everything for my first year. Cause I wanted to be, I wanted it to be an event. I wanted it to be like a concert. I wanted people to show up, show out. I wanted to feel like this was an event. Like, like it was star. big. Yeah, that's how I wanted to feel. I tried to, you know, negotiate a tour bus. It wasn't happening. Well, and I wasn't really about to buy my own. Bus. Oh my God, well, I know. Really <laughs> Just the dogs rolling with me across <laughs> the country. So I really got it dialed in. I took pole dancing classes. I took... And you took them seriously. Yes, very. I hired a private teacher. I designed my own outfits. I wanted something very unique. I did an electrical tape outfit. That was so unique. Thank you. Yeah, I had never seen it done before, never heard of it being done before. And since, there have been a few. But they've contacted me first, like, hey, is it okay if I use Absolutely, by all means. Yes. So, so I would design very tell, intricate. Yeah, tell them what that is. I would design very intricate <clears throat> outfits on myself of electrical tape that looked like just a very tight-fitting bikini or, yeah. you know, something that was painted on. But as I would go out in the audience, I would have women in the audience peel off pieces one piece of tape at a time. So it was very interactive, but not, I don't know, aggressively overly sexual or I don't know. It just felt more classy to me, Yes, which I wanted it to be for myself. I wanted it to be more burlesque. Yes. More burlesque, less stripper. Not that there's anything wrong with stripping. Absolutely not. Obviously, I do it, <laughs> but I just wanted something different. That's I wanted your vision. That was your vision. I wanted everything about mm-hmm. this Mac tour to be unique and different in experience. Something that these people would really come to the strip club for, even if they've never been before. And it was phenomenal. The first year, was so it was amazing. Well, every year that I did it, it was amazing. I had the best time meeting everyone. My shows were fantastic. They were packed. Very professional, always. Absolutely. My manager would come on tour with me. Security. Yeah, the security, all of the staff were always amazing. Mm -hmm. Everything was as I had dreamed it and always has been since. I haven't danced, obviously, in the past couple of years. But, you know, it's like a musician. It would be like they put her up in a hotel. They gave her you know, say a stipend or a dinner or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. or they would provide transportation for her from the airport, you know, back and forth, things like that. So, you know, everything was taken care of more or less Mm -hmm. for her. Yeah. So I had a writer. So anything that I wanted would be at the club for me already. I had a private dressing room. I was, oh, my candy, (laughs) candy and my cherry (laughs) Coke. I would have everything that I wanted. I would have my own hotel room as would my manager. The flights out were covered. The transportation was covered. They would pay my fee every night, and then they would pay separately for my meet and greets because I never charged my fans to take pictures with me. So the club would charge the ticket price, whatever their fee was, 
and yeah. that would be it. I would never ask for more money from anyone for anything. I would hand out merchandise on stage, whether it were whether it be a hat or a t-shirt, stickers, and that way people could feel like they got something for coming into the club that night, as well as, you know, seeing me dance. And, um, and about the other dancers. Tell them about the other dancers. Like, they were excited that you were coming in, too. Absolutely. Whether it was for financial reasons, because I was bringing a new clientele yes. in, and, you know, six, seven, eight hundred people a night. Some of them could be cheap, but it's a new clientele that <laughs> yeah. maybe had never been to the club before. And some of the girls had seen me online and were just excited to yeah. meet me in general. Yeah. And I loved that. I really loved the club dancers, the house dancers. Yeah. Always amazing. I never had a negative experience no. with any of the girls, with anything. Actually, I had... They were so thrilled. Yeah. I've never had a bad experience on the road. I remember them thanking you. They were like, mm -hmm. the house is packed. Thank you so much. They were, I mean, they were really grateful. I thought that was just really cool. Yeah. They're always so sweet and so kind. And if I ever go to their stage, of course, I'm tipping them as well. Mm -hmm. Some of them try and give me their tips. And I'm, absolutely yeah. not, no, honey. honey. No, you keep your money here. Take some more. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Make that man give me his money and then I'll give it to you. So speaking of being so generous, I want, you don't get enough credit for this and if you're comfortable we can talk about it but I want to talk a little bit about your charitable efforts so you don't have to name them all but because there's so many and she helps out not only charitable organizations but she helps out friends she helps out friends of friends and no matter who it is no matter what they're going through she I mean if something were to happen to me and say I didn't have any financial way of getting out of it she wouldn't even think twice to help me and I know that so let's talk a little bit about your the charitable organizations that you are very fond of let's give them a little bit of light and let's talk a little bit about you know what your passions are in that aspect absolutely I donate myself five figures every month to charities. I've never stuck with one charity mm -hmm. in particular, whether it is a dog rescue, whether it is a domestic violence advocation, it could be a cancer fund, it could be anything, whether there's a world event that's happening that I feel needs more donations, I will put funds in there. And I do that all silently. I don't need to put it online. I don't need to show like, look, I gave $30,000 to this. It's nobody's business, but I will put out this, whatever it is, whatever charity I see that needs funds at the time, I'll post it in my story. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people give me <laughs> flack for it. They're like, well, you have money. Why don't you do it? I would never put a charity up that I haven't personally donated to of myself course. before because that's just, that's silly. Yeah, that's silly. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I put up a lot of charities in my stories. If you guys want to go on my Instagram, instagram.com slash Christy Mac. And my stories every day or two, there are adoptable dogs or there are different charities through domestic violence resources that could use a little help at the time. There are just any kind of fund that you could possibly think of. And maybe if you don't wanna to donate to that particular fund, you could find one in your own community mm -hmm. that you feel you could impact. Even if it's it $2, $2, $2, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Or donate your time, donate, you have old blankets or towels, they can go to so many different resources. If you have old rags around, if you have t-shirts that have holes in them that Goodwill won't take, an animal shelter will. Mm -hmm. Like there are so many different places that you wouldn't even think of donating to. 
but maybe a post of mine or a post of somebody else's that I repost will spur you to think about that. Yeah, there are just so many ways that your own, not even monetary self, yes. but your physical self yes. can help. Even if you like to spread knowledge about the cause, Absolutely. even sharing a post mm-hmm. would help. Yes. You know, that's what I have found too. You know, maybe not necessarily I've been able to donate money at that time, but sharing information about it mm-hmm. has helped a lot. Absolutely. Just um, to make people informed. Yes. Yeah. You can spread anything and hopefully it's a positive thing yeah, because, <laughs> because, you know, the internet does give you access to so many and everything false, and falsities too. Yes, okay. absolutely. You have to really look into whatever charity you're going to donate to. 501c3s are the best because they are registered, but sometimes it is like a GoFundMe of somebody that has cancer or anything like that. GoFundMe is a great system since we don't have universal health care and we don't have access to a lot of things that could help. If it is found to be a fake thing, they will give you your money back. Mm. So it's great. So GoFundMe is a great resource for people. Sometimes I'll browse on there and see if there's anything that I think I could help with. If I'm just like feeling down myself that night, sometimes things like that make me feel better knowing that I am making a difference in somebody's day in a positive way. That's her love language, by the way. That's how she shows love is gift gift giving. It is. Yeah. I will send people flowers. Yeah. Like, I'm not having a good day. I'm going to send somebody flowers. Yeah. <laughs> I think you receive, I think the way, well, it depends for romantic, I mm-hmm. think, or friendship. For friendship, I think yours is quality time, the way you receive. And it then is. I think between... Physical touch and quality time for romantic, Mm -hmm. I would say. And then the way that you give out is for sure gift giving. Yeah, I am a gift giver. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Because I'm not always good at like words of affirmation, like you're doing great, but I am good at like, yeah. You know, if I'm crying, she'll listen to me and she'll like take in everything that I'm saying, but she's not necessarily the most like, it's okay, my love, don't worry. That's really like not her personality, but like, She'll send me like a coloring book that's like, go fuck yourself coloring book or whatever, right? And, it works. and that's like her way of being like, it's okay, you know? Yeah. And that's that's the way she expresses her love. It doesn't work for yeah. everyone. <laughs> right. It's not it's not gonna be okay for everyone. But, no. but for some people it works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, it works for us. Yes. Our friendship is definitely unique. It's kind of like it is we really... figured each other out over yeah. the years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we like how far we can push each other with mm-hmm. making fun of each other like it's really at the line <laughs> like we're almost at the edge and then I'll push her over and then I'm just like Pew! <laughs> if I have the opportunity to throw someone off a cliff I'm gonna do it Damn. <laughs> so I want to talk about one more thing before I get to my last question which is how would you advise say a girl in her 20s that comes from a more strict family mm-hmm. that comes that is afraid of stigma that is afraid of being, you know, labeled a quote unquote slut. What advice would you give to those women who really do want to genuinely get into sex work the correct way, but are struggling with that thought in their head, I'm going to be judged? If you're not secure enough with yourself to kind of make that leap and take the criticism, I think maybe it's time to rethink your route. Maybe sex work isn't the best for you. Maybe give it a couple years to stew on it and think about it and openly discuss it from, you know, a third person perspective. 
well, what about if this person were to do this? Like do hypotheticals with your family and friends and get feels for how they're feeling about it. Right. If they're going to be very negative and it's going to ruin your relationships and all of your bridges, if it's going to burn all your bridges, I would say don't do it. Mm-hmm. Unless, you know, those are things that you're comfortable with losing. If those are people that you don't necessarily want in your life. Like for me, if I found out that... Let's just say hypothetically that, you know, my mom were a racist, which she's not. And (laughs) I were dating a a black man. You see a headline. Yeah, like, racist. I would be fine with cutting her out of my life because I don't want somebody like that in my life. I wouldn't be comfortable with that. I would choose my new path over something like that. So that's really something. It's personal to you, whether you want to make that jump and whether you want to burn those bridges. Yeah in those connections, or if you think that a personal connection in that way, such as you being a sex worker, will make them kind of see a new path and a new light and kind of turn them into someone that's more open. So you kind of just get your own feel for that. And you obviously have your own choices to make. And I can't guide you 100% about what to do and just say, oh, fuck it, I'm going to do it. You should do it. No, that's a personal choice That's you have to really consider. Because, again, it's not something that you can take back. And it's not something that everyone will forgive you for. Even though you don't need forgiveness or permission. It's not something that, you know, a more conservative family would be open to. It's not something that, you know, friends that are constantly putting down women for being a slut would necessarily forgive or understand. Mm -hmm. So you just have to assess your relationships and your personal bonds with people in your life and see if that is something you want to do. How did your mom first react when you told her? She didn't mind at all. (laughs) She didn't see it. She's pretty chill. Yeah, she 100% has always been of the mind, if I'm not hurting anyone else, then why would it be a problem? Right. I'm not doing anything that is negatively impacting people. Even though some people do, the more conservative people do see porn as negatively impacting people, Mm -hmm. I have never directly harmed anyone with my actions. No. So... My mother has never seen a problem with it. My brother has never seen a problem with it. Except for he's like, ah! Yeah, he can't watch porn anymore. That's not my problem. There's OnlyFans. Yeah, me too. Like, anytime I'm like, if I ever scroll through porn, I'm like, no! Blindfolds. Well, thank you. Just listen to it. It's not Yeah, mine. I know. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I know your voice. But, uh, yeah, but nobody in my life has ever judged me negatively for my actions because yeah. I have not harmed anyone in any of our eyes and i would say my family is pretty freaking conservative absolutely i mean compared to most i would say and they never like never 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 once hesitated to bring her in like family because they met her and they don't prejudge people that's something about my family that is really cool and they didn't prejudge even though i did tell them at the time that she was in the sex work industry but they just met her and they fell in love with her you know because of her amazing personality she's witty she's intelligent 
she could match wits with anybody. Mark me on this. <laughs> Except for about narwhals, apparently. But, or maybe planning a trip or calling down for more pillows. But besides those things, she can match I have anxiety. With... I can't call people on the phone. Not when I need things, though. Never. When I don't have it. I could never pick up a phone and call someone, ever. You have. You called for the buggy that one time in Indonesia. I did. You did call. It was hard. It was hard for you. But yeah, I mean, they never did judge her. So just going back to that, I just want to say, make sure you feel out your family before you just cut out your dream. You know, mm-hmm. make sure you fill them out because you might be surprised. They might be supportive. Absolutely. Depending on which way you go about it. If you go to them and you say, this is my business plan. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I plan, this is my goal for this, this and this. These are my financial things. This is what I plan to do every day to create content. Like mm-hmm. they may... Be supportive. And you have to remember, it is extremely difficult to keep up a lie. Don't do it if you can avoid it. No, that's hard. (laughs) If you can avoid it, don't do it. And I understand some people really need their familiar support system. So they have to keep up this lie for a long time. Of course, every situation is different. I wouldn't say, you know, 100% never lie. If you have to lie to your family for that. For a long time. Yeah, for a long time, it's got to be really hard. Mm -hmm. So it... Maybe don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, If you can avoid it, don't lie to your family. Don't lie to your support system because you will have hard days going through and being a sex worker. You will have very difficult days ahead. So lying to your support system in that is asking for a lot of mental and emotional trauma that you don't have to put yourself through unless you can afford a great therapist and by all means do it. And there are ways to be on OnlyFans without showing completely nude, without having sex on camera. There's different ways to go about that. You create your own content, you create your own market. I know I have advised several women of how to do OnlyFans without being nude, without selling sex, without doing all of these things. There are You could do like a tough workout in a bikini. Absolutely. I've suggested that before. Do workouts. Do like, you know, do whatever you're comfortable doing and do Mm -hmm. not push your own boundaries because you will regret it in the long run. That's good advice. Mm -hmm. So I ask this to every guest on my show. And what I want to know is say you walked up to yourself on the street. You literally just saw yourself at 20 years old on the street as Mm -hmm. you are today as a 30 year old woman. And you ran up to her and you gave her like this big warm hug and you were just like really excited and emotional to see her. And you pulled away from the hug. And what is the first thing that you say to that woman? I would, oh man, that's difficult. Yeah, it's a hard Uh, question. You can think about it. I would really tell her that everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Because for me, I have a lot of women message me, and we were going over this yesterday, I have a lot of women message me and tell me that they've been in similar positions to myself and that seeing me live my life to the fullest and without exception, they tell me it's given them confidence and knowledge to know that they're going to be okay and that life does go on and it gets better. Everything gets better. And I think that's what I would say to myself. It gets better. It's going to be okay. You know, just... Would you warn her about any of the stuff coming? No, I wouldn't change a single thing that has happened in my life. Not many can say that. Even in my negative experiences, I wouldn't change it. Because for having those experiences, I am better. And I have a greater reach. And I have a better message. And I have a more in-depth, I guess you would say, knowledge of what a great number of people have gone through. And it gives me a reason to help and a way to help. Amazing. 
Thank you. Thank you. I like that message. I think there would be some things I would warn your younger self about. Maybe like one or two things I would just probably tell her to stay clear. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on the luxury dropout. You are such an amazing friend. Thank you. I know you don't do podcasts really, but <laughs> this has actually been insightful and I've actually learned some stuff Good. about you that I didn't know before. How can my listeners support you? If you want to see more of the charities that I post or me in a bikini, there is <laughs> Instagram.com slash Christy Mac or OnlyFans.com slash Christy Mac. I also have twitter.com slash Christy Mac. And then Mac Market? Yes, the MacMarket.com. I have hats, t-shirts, stickers, posters, everything on there. Yes, perfect. <laughs> if you're interested. Yes, if not, of course. No, no pressure. No pressure. Here we go. I will link them all for you guys in the description box. So make sure if you are on YouTube, you like, subscribe, follow, turn that notification bell on. Until next time, I love you guys. Bye from me and Christy, and we'll see you on the next one. That's a wrap for this episode of The Luxury Dropout. Make sure to visit stephaniejoplin.com to find all of Steph's episodes, including full podcast descriptions and photos of her guests. Until next time, besties.